0: Welcome to the Thriller Fiction Podcast, your source for gripping and twisty stories in a serialized format. And now, here's your host, Jim Heskett. And welcome back to another installment of the Thriller Podcast with Jim Heskett, and this is Season 2 Museum Attack, and today we're going to read Chapter 3, so hopefully you've listened to Chapter 1 and 2 already. If not, go back and do that because uh, you will be a little bit behind if you just try to skip ahead and do Chapter 3 all of a sudden. So I enjoy reading these to you. Uh, I've got a lot of practice um, reading out loud to my young child, although I don't read him bloody thrillers. I, you know, read Peppa Pig and Thomas the Train and books like that. But we're not here today to read Peppa Pig. We're here to read Museum Attack featuring Lane Parrish by Jim Heskett. That's yours truly. So let's go ahead and get into chapter three lane hadn't been inside the art museum since the renovation so the interior looked foreign to him a large open space with hardwood floors and glass everywhere an interior balcony overlooked the main part of this room with a gift shop and hallways to one side and a reception desk opposite the main entrance the room seemed shrouded in shadow due to the smoke outside like dusk several pedestals occupied the main floor with statues made of wood that appeared to be warriors with helmets Maybe Viking or Mongolian? On second look, Lane realized the statues were made from pieces of chairs and other bits of furniture. One towered over him, a sword compromising, several broom handles glued together. Horned helmet, broad shoulders, sadistic, open-mouthed grin, like a demon erected in the center of the room. But he didn't have time to analyze the statue in front of him because a man toppled it as he tried to rush past toward the lobby exit. The thing keeled over and smacked into the ground most of it stayed together but the broom sword disintegrated into several pieces the fleeing man didn't get far though the invaders in the black clothing streamed in through the front door m4 rifles raised they fanned out military style each one pointing a rifle in a different direction sweeping the room whoever these people were their methods suggested they were well organized You'd have to be to pull off the coordinated bombing of two giant museum buildings in the middle of the day. Which begged the question, why hadn't they bombed this building too? Why enter it on foot? A security guard popped up from behind the reception desk, arms locked out and pistol pointed. He opened his mouth to shout something, but a spray of machine gun fire punched several holes in his chest before he could. He flopped over the reception desk. Blood dripped from his chest onto the floor. When he slumped over the front, a cluster of women huddled nearby screamed. Their voices echoed across the high-ceilinged room. Another security guard rushed down the stairs, chubby and out of breath. He was swinging his gun as his dress shoes clacked on each step, panting, face red, like he was late for an important meeting. One of the armed men caught him out of the corner of his eye and lifted his M4, cut the security guard down with a single shot to the chest. The chubby guard somersaulted down the steps, His gun skittered across the floor, landing at the feet of one invader. The armed man scooped it up as well as the firearm from the first guard. Then he pointed at the broom pieces from the toppled statue and two other men went to work collecting them. Lane took stock. There were about a dozen of these men in dark clothing, all of them white, in their 20s and 30s, each one armed with a rifle. Not all were M4s, though. The invaders wore belts with grenades, loops of zip ties, and knives enough spare magazines for their rifles to conduct a small war. There were about fifty civilians in the room, some of them scrambling to find an exit, the rest cowering behind any large object they could find. The ones hiding tried to make themselves as small as possible, hands over heads and were clutching loved ones close. In the chaos, Lane couldn't think straight. He knew he needed to find a way out of the building, but he couldn't see through all the people scurrying about. Adrenaline pumping through him put dots at the edge of his vision. His heart jackhammered in his chest. Years of training kept him from twisting off into a panic, but he didn't know how to reason through this situation yet. Jasmine hung close to him, gripping his forearm. He could feel the sweat from her palms. As he pivoted, searching for an exit, half of the armed men rushed up the set of wide stairs at the south end of the room, weapons out. They stepped over the body of a dead security guard as they ascended. Lane noted a glowing exit sign past the stairs. A number of others had too, because a group of people rushed for it and then halted in their tracks as three new invaders emerged from that exit. One of them held a chain in his hand, which he looped through the double doors and then sealed with a hefty padlock. "'Listen up,' said one of the black-clad men, a giant with bright green eyes and auburn stubble on his scalp. When no one listened, he raised his M4 to the ceiling and let loose a burst." Half the room stopped and he spat a few more rounds. The other half now stopped too, frozen in place as if playing some children's game. Lane gained a better view of the room now that everyone had stopped scrambling around. Aside from the stairs up, there were a bank of elevators. Front entrance, a couple hallways, and only one side room leading into a gift shop. The green-eyed man lowered his M4. Everyone in the center of the room, right now. No one moved. He lifted a hand and waved it toward the pedestal in the middle. If I have to come collect you, you will not like how the rest of this goes. Still, everyone seemed frozen. Now, he roared. People shuffled toward the pedestal under the shadow of a statue depicting a ninja holding a curved sword built from what appeared to be chair legs. Lane held Jasmine close and walked her to the edge of the group. My name is Red, the man said. And if you want to live out the day, you're all going to do exactly what I say. Understand? No one said a word. Everyone huddled together under the statue, a vibrant, writhing organism of fear. Red sighed, eyeing the group. Here's how this is going to work. And I really hope I only have to tell you once this time. Sound good? He turned on his ankles to check the reactions from the crowd. Most everyone nodded. We're going to split up by gender he pointed to the gift shop. Little girls over here. Then to the wall underneath the balcony. Little boys over there. Jasmine's grip on Lane's arm intensified. She leaned in and whispered, what do we do? Whatever they say for now. Her eyes searched his face. Maybe she wanted a better solution, something out of an action movie. But what could he do, unarmed, outnumbered? Clearly, they had no problem shooting people. Whoever they were and whatever they wanted, this was not a group to play around with. Lane had seen it in Red's face. He wasn't stressed or anxious. Red was as calm as could be. He had all the signs of someone who would just as easily shoot you as talk to you, and he was running the show. Lane had dealt with plenty of men like him before. Head-on was a poor way to approach the situation. I'll figure something out, Lane said, trying to soothe her. But for now, we don't have any other choice. You red said standing a few feet from lane and jasmine big guy with the arm tattoos lane stood up straight and looked red in the eye red then flicked his head at jasmine you look like a good Aryan stock but you're with this darky lane breathed trying to keep his face even and calm he didn't want red to see how the comet had irked him using a word like that was designed to get a reaction and lane didn't want to prolong this discussion or draw too much attention to himself Yes, Lane said. I'm with her. Red sneered. To the gift shop, he said, and then snatched Jasmine by the arm and ripped her away from Lane. Her eyes pleaded with him. Stop, Lane said, fistballed at his sides. Let her go. He took a step forward, even though he knew he shouldn't have done it. But before he could say anything else, Red whipped the butt of his M4 up and Lane didn't have enough time to pull away. It smacked him on the chin. The force knocked him back a step, and he collided with a wall. Felt a line of blood run down his neck. He blinked a few times, trying to clear his head. And as Red dragged Jasmine across the room, Lane knew if he tried to stop it from happening, she would die right here and now. Okay, that is chapter three of Museum Attack. Thanks everyone for tuning in. It was really awesome to read this through you. Now we get to, um... We've met Lane, and we met Jasmine, and now we meet Red. So we're starting to know who the good guys and who the bad guys are, but we don't know what the bad guys want yet. Will we find out? I think probably you'll find out soon enough if you keep coming back for more episodes, that is. I want to remind everybody to get this ebook for free. Go to jimheske.com forward slash free. And if you want to win some free stuff, you can enter my giveaways at jimheskett.com forward slash contest. I'm always running a giveaway. And if I'm not, there'll be a good reason why I'm not. So either a giveaway or an explanation will appear at that link. (laughs) So anyway, um, that's all I'm going to say for this episode. But I appreciate you guys hanging out, coming back. And uh, the story is only going to get more intense, more twisty, more cool, more cool, cooler from here on out. All right, guys. Have a good one. That's it for this episode of the Thriller Fiction Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to rate and review the show on iTunes, and visit jimheskett.com for more info and free thriller books.